Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Pacino, and I'm very excited to welcome back my good buddy, Stephen Kay, back on the line. Steve, how you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. Um, how are you doing today, brother? I'm good. I uh, I just put my tree up. My sister came by to my apartment, and we uh, we decorated my little teeny five-foot, you know, four-and-a-half-foot Christmas tree. It's kind of, you know, it's an apartment-sized tree, um, but it looks good. It smells festive in here, so hard to complain. How are you? Can you hear me? Uh, no, I can. You said it looks good. <laughs> I said it looks good, and uh, it smells festive in here, so no complaints. How are you? Um, I'm good. I just did similar stuff, too. I was down in Dallas uh, with my girl, just decorating her tree and help her set up her apartment. And um, yeah, um, what else? Did some decorating around the home, too, and yeah, I always love... Uh, the smell of like cedar candles around Christmas, man. That's my jam. Just yeah. uh, always wearing those things. But yeah, I'm I'm good, man. I've um, just been doing a lot of the same and getting ready to uh, move back out west. Oh, really? In, uh, in about a month. Yeah. So you're heading back so, to, to LA? Yep. Yeah, that's what's... I, I just kept kind of getting pulled in th- that direction and... Um, a lot of things, I mean, we can talk about it more in depth for sure, but in short, I'm kind of tying up loose ends here and uh, going going back out there to start the next chapter and um, just focus on myself more. The last couple of years, especially here, have been a lot of me working on uh, other people's projects. So I'm excited to go there, focus on myself and uh, have time for me and make that time for me too. Dude, that's super exciting. Um talk me through that process a little bit like how is you know what's your mentality I mean it's a big move obviously I know you spent I don't know whether you lived out there full-time or you spent like half a year there but last time we spoke you you talked about your time in LA um so I'm curious kind of like what that what the feelings are you know with such a huge you know kind of move on the horizon um a bittersweet for sure Uh, I feel like it's necessary though Mm mm-hmm and just time. Um, it happened a little sooner than I anticipated here, like getting, you know, my time here, I thought I was going to have about another year, but, um, with my current, I don't know if, uh, I think last time we talked, I mentioned this publishing deal that I had signed and, um, it was pretty fresh at that point and that, uh, the contract term ended mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, the, the, my publisher decided not to renew. So basically in, uh, and that means like you're fired in a, in a, in a, in an easy way to explain it. So, and or that way you're me, parting ways. So explain to me like, what a publishing deal is. Like, what is that like produce music wise? Yeah. I'm not even gotcha. sure if I mentioned it last time. Maybe I did. Um, but about a year ago, literally about to the date, I signed a publishing deal here, um, with a longtime friend who I had been writing with, writing for and uh, working with his media company. So I do like a lot of music and, stuff for his films and ads and commercials and anything that kind of comes in the door. I was one of the dudes, me and my buddy, Tim here who work out of the studio. Um, we are the guys and, uh, at this last, so we signed a publishing deal about a year ago and, uh, they had an option to renew and Aaron, um, my publisher and the guy, uh, who signed me and gave me the, the deal. He, uh, he's restructuring a lot of the things with his company mm-hmm. and they're going to move, um, just differently now. And there are just a lot of changes that happened in the last couple of years. So they want to focus more on some other things and again, restructure the company. So yeah, COVID, um, COVID's done that to a lot of people for sure. It's kind of understandable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I'm not, I am one of probably thousands of writers who go in and out of like a publishing deal so it's constantly happening it's just normal it's like a lot of people especially in music you'll see them or i've noticed a lot of industry people like writers will not writers so much but like people who work on the industry side will bounce between like different labels and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um so a publishing deal is basically like a record deal for a songwriter um so it's like it's it's the same thing as like if you're a band and you get signed to a label um, a songwriter can get signed to a publishing deal and um, your publisher, what they do is like, they say, Hey, we think you're a great writer. We want to try to get um, you some bigger opportunities and we think we can, you know, 
help push your songs and get your songs placed with artists and bands and, and ads and commercials and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they're like, Hey, we have like these clients and like we are working with these artists and we have all these producers we want you to go in with. Um, so we'll give you an advance or, you know, in my case, it's like, we'll give you a salary mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. upfront. And then at the end of the year, you're expected to recoup half of the money. I like at least in my case, or so a lot of times in most cases, it's all of the money they advance you. And in, um, in turn, what you give them is 50% of your, your, your publishing, which is your idea. And there's two ways to make money on music or probably a lot more than that. But, um, it's just when you're like, when you're selling it or like when you're writing a song and like putting it on the internet, there's the master side and then there's the publishing side of, of the, of the money. Mm -hmm. So the master is like the sale of the recording and the publishing is like the sale and the use of the idea. Like a melody, yeah. So like that whole like so, Olivia Rodrigo Paramore thing. That's the publishing yeah. side. Yeah. Well, what happened was, yeah, like Olivia or whoever wrote that song for Olivia, they sampled it, right? Yeah. They basically just they got they got too close to the melody, or they 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 definitely like referenced it, and like who hasn't heard "Misery Business" by Paramore? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so they got yeah. I like yeah. I've been talking. I literally just talked about this like a couple days ago with friends too. So yeah, I think what happened was. Um, they just they got really close to Haley's melody mm-hmm. and the lyric, and, or like just the melody in the pocket that she sings in. And they had to then include the people who originated that idea. So the original writers of that idea, then they get credit on that song, and then they'll get some money from that too. That's pretty cool. So I mean, I mean, I, like, I thought it was nice, and I believe I read that Olivia Rodrigo had also given Haley Williams like writing credit on that. So I guess yeah. my question being a complete and utter music business noob, um, can you basically cut a song royalty up in an in infinite number of slices? Like, how's that work? Pretty much like. There's a hundred points on the side of publishing. Okay. So, okay. and if you want to do it in like a million, you can just do point zero zeros. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I guess, you know, um, but usually like say, say there's like, you know, three writers on any given song or two. It's just 50-50 split on the publishing. So Haley Williams then would, would like, since they, they basically use Haley's idea, which was her melody, Olivia is going to pay Haley. And Haley's going to have publishing on the song. So whatever they agree upon, whatever split, and like however many writers there are, you know, on that song, and who, who or the producer, if the producer of the song is collecting publishing, then they'll they'll just work out a percentage between them so but whenever i'm in the room um with anybody else like if it's me and one other person obviously it's like 50 50 split Mm -hmm. and you know or even if like there's three people in and everybody's equally contributing like to like just the energy the vibe and you know there might be a day where i don't write the most lyrics or i don't write the most melodies but usually if i mean always with friends we never really argue about percentages ever like there's very little. I've never actually been yeah, in a ever, fight about. No, what is it? Rising sea lifts all tides, right? Like you're in the room making music together. Everyone wants to be successful together. Exactly, and we just we've been making. You know, all of the people that I work with, we we've been making music for so long. We don't want to be petty, and obviously, we care about each other. And we all get this. You know, we're all such good friends. So um, we, I've never had an argument about the publishing side of stuff. And obviously, and honestly, I'm I'm kind of new to publishing and like realizing what all this stuff does and you know i've had songs um placed in ads and stuff in the past but i honestly had no idea what publishing meant i just knew that we were getting some sort of money from for some reason so when i was signing this deal about a year ago i was learning a lot a lot from my lawyer actually in the last like two to three years when i got way more involved with um doing ad work and sync stuff and doing commercial work that's when i really started uh learning about publishing just because I was involved with it, not because I necessarily wanted to get into it. It's just, I kind of got pulled into it and I was like, okay, how the hell does this, like, how does this work? Like, what, what do you mean? There's like even more to this, you know, Mm -hmm. which sounds terrible because I should know after 15 years about, I mean, you're an artist, right? You're not a businessman. You're an artist. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, you need to be involved in what you make money doing, but you know, you make your living on being creative in the studio you know, making something some magic happen. I, I don't fault you whatsoever for not being like a legal expert or a royalty expert. Like I'm sure very few musicians are. 
yeah yeah well, well thank you thank you for not beating me up too bad um <laughs> so explain to but, me so like you worked for this company for a year your deal doesn't get renewed what happens with the stuff that you produce with them over the course of the last year so like you still get royalties and rights to the stuff that you created for them and with them um i so my deal was 50 50 split and that's typically what it is with your publisher on any publishing deal mm -hmm. so um yeah, I had like we we officially signed that publishing deal, which was a year ago. So that was a year. But I've been working for my buddy Aaron, and with his whole team for probably like almost seven years now, eight ish. Oh. So we we go way back. But this is when we really formalized things, and he offered me a publishing deal. Mm -hmm. So um, when you sign a deal, typically, um, from what I understood and what I was told by different attorneys and stuff like that, and everybody I've talked to, um, when you sign a deal in the terms, that's where like it dictates where um, the, like the time frame of the deal and like everything that they're going to take 50% of. Mm -hmm. So um, my deal specifically um, was we're going to take 50% of everything you've done this year. And then also since you were born. So your entire catalog of like everything you've done, like we, we we're going to register those songs and, and like we're going to collect 50% until the day you die. So that never goes away. So anything I write today, like from now on, they they wouldn't get 50% split. But anything I wrote up until about a week ago and the last 29 years of my life, they would collect 50% and um, of the publishing, not the master recording. Mm -hmm. So all, all of my ideas since I was basically a, a baby, I mean, those are that that publishing company now owns 50% of my intellectual property which is my idea which is publishing so that that lasts in perpetuity and you know it's that's a big step it's a lot to give up and you have to really make sure you're signing the right deal and the deal made you know makes sense for you at the time and your publisher is able to offer you things that you think are you know a value or, or at least they're going to push you and, you know, I guess, you know, rising side lifts all seas. It's mm -hmm. like, a, okay, let's fucking, let's build this together. So you have to make sure like you think it's going to be worth it because giving up 50% of your publishing is a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's bigger than, it's probably the biggest deal to me because it's your idea. You know, it, it's your intellectual property. It's, that's all we have as songwriters and idea people, I guess. Do you, you know? have any, I mean, I imagine since you guys have been working together for years prior to signing the deal, it, you kind of felt like this was something that was going to just keep going forever. Um, is there any regret with doing that? Um, signing the deal? Yeah. Uh, not, not at all. Oh, good. Like, um, no, not, not like no, none whatsoever. Um, well, that's good. It was a yeah. It was like it was a huge blessing to have it, have that opportunity mm -hmm. for my buddy. And it was a big step for him to take a chance on me too for a long, long time, you know? So I, um, I learned a lot. Um, I did recoup my money within the first month, basically oh, of that deal. So yeah, that weight was off my shoulders, um, pretty quickly after doing some sync stuff for them. So yeah, I, I have no regrets. Well, that's um, good. So you're kind of like sitting in the spot where I was almost like a year ago. Like we're in very similar positions Whereas I was just starting to make this leap. I think you were like one of my, I want to say first five podcast guests, like, you know, interviews. Um, definitely one of the first early ones. I, I got to go back and check what episode it was, but I believe it was in the top 10. And then, you know, it's similarly with my photography career, like it basically all kind of trends out to like a year and a half ago, a year ago with the podcast. So you're kind of sitting in a similar position that I was 12 months ago with this like huge new opportunity in front of you. It's like, I know I felt equally daunted and equally excited about what the future held. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you're feeling with, you know, moving to California coming up and, you know, new work opportunities, like what's kind of going through your mind in terms of, you know, how you're feeling. Um, I think, yeah, how you just explained it <laughs> yeah. pretty much exactly how I'm feeling. It's, I feel free. Um, oh, that's good. And for the first time in a long time, not that I felt weighed down before, but it's been, it's been years and years since I felt like I didn't, um, like have to have to do it, you know, mm -hmm. like I just, like, I, I have to help 
just this, like I have to do this. I just have to do it. So versus wanting to do it. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, um, but I also, yeah, it's, it's like, so that's exciting. Like that's having freedom and not having to answer to anybody but myself. And, you know, like, again, not that anybody in the last X amount of years has been really like a drag pushing or me or pressuring yeah. me. Or drag, yeah. But it's just, it feels good to have like the, the option and, and the freedom. It's especially when you were giving up 50% and, or, you know, you've always been working with other people like in bands X amount of years, you know, where you're six guys opinions, you know, or versus two, two, even like one or two other ones, you know, I, I get to choose now where I go next and what I get to do on a daily basis. I don't have to think about recouping a dollar amount. I don't have to think about, a schedule that maybe I don't want to do this week, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just going to be what I musically and creatively what I want to do. And also the people that I want to help and that I'm able to help and who are coming to me. So I think that's exciting. Yeah. I was just say that that feeling of freeness is like, I, I, I struggle mightily trying to explain what that felt like when I no longer had someone else to answer to other than myself. Like I, I had for a long time, like maybe two years prior to, so like since 2019, I've been doing like my own thing. Like I was a, a freelance uh, sales broker and made good money, but I was like working for the man, right? So like you still had to like hold other people's hands, like, you know, basically it's a big time customer service job. And then in the last year and a half where I've kind of been doing my own thing, I I, like, it's me. Like I don't have to deal with other people. It's like, I put my shoots together. I put my podcasts together. It's not like I'm really relying on other people other than for them to like hop on the zoom or meet me for the, for the interview or the, or the, you know, or for the shoot. It's such like a cool feeling. And then also stressful. Um, from a creative perspective, you've dabbled in a number of different genres musically. Um, where do you kind of see your focus coming, you know, in X number of weeks when you land in LA and you start getting to work? Like, where do you think you're going from like a creativity genre perspective? Um, man, I think I'm just going to wrap up these songs that I have here now. And when I get there, um, I have a few friends and a producer who kind of took me under his wing a couple of years ago and uh i'm gonna try to learn from people that are who i think are just better than me or just at least if you ask the common person you know if you like stacked their resume against mine it's like obviously this clearly this guy has names you know and mm-hmm. i'm still coming up um so i think my plan is right when i get there is just work incredibly hard and uh, learn as much as i can from like from people who I look up to and who are doing it at that professional level, which is the next level, you know? So I feel like I've done as much as I possibly can here in the city. Um, as far as performing and music and everything I've played basically every single stage I've, I've ever wanted to play or dreamed of playing and beyond my expectations. I've, I've done things here that I'd never even like thought when I picked up a guitar that this would happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, what my, yeah, my plans are there just to link with people that I've already worked with. But yeah, just learn from people that are doing it and try to get in those rooms and earn my place in those rooms, whether I'm writing or producing. Um, and just learn from the like the people that are just, again, that level above. And yeah, that's that's the plan. So more, so, I, mean, I was just say, so more of the production side of things, working and creating music for other people versus like necessarily doing your own music, right? I'm still, yeah, I mean, I'm still going to do my own thing, oh, uh, 100%. Cool. Nice. Yeah, that's why, like, I'm here tonight, obviously, people can't see, but I'm at my studio, and um, I'm, I'm cranking out as much as I possibly can, so that when I get there, like, by that time, I'll have a bunch of ready, like, content, and mainly just songs ready to go for ideas. everybody who's waiting on. Yeah, exactly. Like, complete, complete ideas, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm still going to 100% focus on my artist projects, which is... You know, I have one, which is Stephen K, which is me singing and writing. And then I have my other producer projects. So those right now is what I'm focusing on. So by the time I get there, they're ready to go. And while I'm learning and trying to get to that next level, I'll have a ton of stuff in the chamber so I can just keep putting that stuff out. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to focus on producing for sure and getting better at that because I really want to. Mm-hmm. It's just, making, you know, 
especially technical things from people, again, who have way more experience. Oh, not way more, but more experience than me. And just different tricks and stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot of the same. I mean, just but the, the change is going to be actually just putting stuff out because I've been putting that off for a long time. Mm-hmm. Again, prioritizing um, other people's careers in front of mine, which is fine. Like, it, it, it taught me a lot, and it also – it raised my skill level for sure. Just working on tons and tons of different stuff, especially with sync too. And like all the artists that I've been blessed to work with the last couple of years, I've loved helping them and it definitely helped me get better. But now um, I was thinking about recently, when's the happiest I've ever been in music because there was a time this year where I was questioning if this is still it for me. And I was like, does this even make me happy? Because right now it just kind of feels like a job. And at, the, and at that point I had been doing a lot of like stuff that I necessarily didn't have like a ton of passion for. And like, it was just a grind at that point mm-hmm. and not a lot of, re- like not a lot of reward for the work. And like, as far as like fulfillment goes, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, kind of forgot where I was going with this, but. <laughs> well, you're talking uh, about like, you know, were you still happy making music? Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it just gave me a while to reflect and um when was it yeah okay here it is okay um the happiest i ever was and then i thought back to the happiest i ever was and it was you were focusing on your band and your dj project dude and that's when you were super happy and things were going super well and you felt really great about things Hmm. and like your songs were doing really well and you know you were fucking happy and you know you you think about that time fondly and and I wish I can go back to it so to appreciate it more sometimes, but I'm ha- I'm just happy it happened. So I just want to get back to there. I like um, that. I recently had a guest on. Her name was Betsy Paik. She's like a subconscious mind coach and really just like focusing on how you can trick your brain into being a more positive place. And how that works in your subconscious is by it like kind of just reinforcing positive outcomes without you really knowing it. And I thought a lot about it while we were online because I do that a lot with myself and I don't think I ever really realized it. Like I'm always like, this is all going to work out, whether I'm going to work out today, you know, for my podcast or I'm going to shoot a major client with my photography work. I, I have the utmost faith that somewhere in the future, I'm going to be doing exactly what I want to do. And then it's the the reason why I didn't realize that I'm already doing that is because of there's a drastic shift between what we consider success and how we measure success. So from a success perspective, I would say for the vast majority of my life, the only thing that measured success was financial. It was how much money am I making? Where is it ranking in relation to how much money my friends are making? And where is it ranking in terms of like the greater population? And then when you stop to realize that like success is not necessarily the right lens to view your life, more like achievements, like what have I achieved so far? It changed dramatically on how I feel about the stuff that I've already accomplished and what I've already got like kind of in the you know barn burner for what's you know future projects. And it's remarkable to me how, I guess, you know, ignorant I was to the fact that I still had like these ingrained internal hurdles in my way. And I find you to be an incredibly positive person. And I would guess that your success to date and to come is because of that. Um, So I know it's like one of those things where you look back and you see a certain time in your life where you're like, wow that was fucking awesome. And then you kind of get away from that. You know, you got to pay bills, you got to live your life, you got to do the things that you got to do. And you lose sight of some things. And I'm as guilty as anyone is that. And then you realize when you're looking out your past, where you want to be down the road. And I think for me, as your friend, I'm super pumped and excited to see what's going to be coming out on the horizon, because it's a leap, right? You're taking a chance, you're moving back to the West Coast to kind of restart and reignite. And you really are just like, on the precipice of whatever you want to have happen. And I think that's fucking super, super exciting. And like, you may look at your past projects of like, that was the happiest time. And I think subconsciously, because I believe this, the happiest moments in my life still haven't happened yet. Like they're still to come. Yeah, no, I totally agree. 
you know, like you said before, it's, it's daunting um, when you, when you're looking over the ledge onto like what's next, you know, but it's, it's, it's exciting, dude. And it's, it's awesome to be in a position to have like another, just like another, I don't want to say another shot. Cause I'm not, I've been still constantly doing this shit, but um, it's exciting, big man. Shot. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. not like you were, you've been a working musician and a working producer, but it's more so like you want to take, you know, you're a minor league baseball player, right? You've been doing the job day in, day out, 365 days a year. You're a 300 hitter. And you think you could be a 300 hitter in the pros. And you want to start producing for major musicians. You want to start having your music on the top 100 chart. That's kind of what I, you know, if that metaphor makes sense. Do you, do you agree? With, does that kind of make sense? Totally. Yeah. yeah and like, I, you know, I've been ready for my shot. And when I get my shots, I hit them. You know, it's just, I've never had a big opportunity get blown. You know, I've never done that. Um, I've been really fortunate because... I try to prepare as much as I possibly can for the big, t- the big things when, you know, I'm here working regardless, trying to get better on my own, no matter what, I don't care who's watching. And, um, I'm, re- I'm just ready for those, those bigger opportunities because I have just, again, I've just, I feel like I put in the work and I'm just, I'm, I've been in the room now with some people who are doing it at some of the highest levels I've ever seen and I can hang and, um, I'm ready to even, but again, I'm, I'm excited to learn and grow and have those sessions and those rights and just have those opportunities. So yeah, you're right though. Like I, you got to stay positive. I mean, you can't just let, uh, I am a very positive dude overall. I'm realistic, but I'm, I'm, I'm positive. Totally. I, I say that all the time. I'm like super positive, but I'm pragmatic, right? Like I know like whether, you know, I could be irrationally confident and pr- positive about something, but I also know like, Hey, you know, I got to pay rent the first of every month. I can't just like dilly dally and fuck around, you know, 24 seven. So there's like pr- pragmatic experience in life when it comes to any sort of creative endeavor. And I think that's like the, the, you know, the duality of this creative career, right? You've got to get this art out of your system and you want to do this 90, you know, 99.9% of your time. But there's also like, you know, practical things that you've got to consider like you can't you know i i did for a while i was shooting everyone for free right like i wasn't charging models i wasn't charging people to do shit because i was like i don't think i'm good enough to like charge someone to do something and now i'm like my fucking time is valuable i'm an amazing photographer why would i do something for you for free when i've been paid tremendously for work before so it's like yeah it's it's just that creative career that's just like a a real ball kick (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. And like, I think that's the thing that this year taught, I mean, whether I wanted it, like I, I, uh, I learned this year, my, my value. And, um, I did a lot of work, especially at the beginning of the year. Um, almost like involuntarily just kind of happened that way where I just, I made a lot of decisions and had a lot of hard conversations with some of my best friends and did a lot of growing up Mm -hmm. in, 2021 and i look at the year (laughs) um but no this year man like it um it has been a a hard working like grind of a year a lot of growth um it's not fun growth it's necessary growth for me oh i hear that and i I never anticipated it you know like if i would if i could talk to myself a year ago here in these shoes and be like dude here's what's gonna happen it's not gonna be fun but it's gonna it's gonna make sense someday and you're, you're already going to start seeing why at the end of about a year, you know, and you're going to have to figure a lot of shit out, dude, but it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be fine and you're going to be better than ever. You know, you're going to have better skills, you know, just more tools in the toolkit for everything you want to do. Just keep going. Um, that's, yeah, that's what this year has been for me. Just a, like a, I learned a lot of, a lot about myself and my self value and what that's worth. Like you said, you know, like, why shouldn't I? value myself oh totally because you know I've, I've been doing this for a long time and i'm i feel like i've i've worked myself up to this you know level and yeah and what's my time worth what's my skill worth mm-hmm. what am i worth you know? yeah it's funny I, I you know you are literally like a year you're in the same exact spot i was like a year year and a half ago um the biggest 
best piece of advice I can give you, aside from obviously work your ass off and do everything that you, you're going to do anyway, is write what you're feeling right now on a piece of paper. Like, don't put it on your phone because I, I journaled a lot over the last year, year and a half, and I very recently went back and started reading like how I felt a year ago, how I felt a year and a half ago, like how stressed out I was, how nervous I was, how afraid I was to fail. And it's remarkable how much of those feelings I've been able to let go. Like I've, I've repeated very many times on this podcast, 2020 best financial year of my life, worst personal year of my life. Like it just like catastrophic across the board. 2021 best year of my life. Absolutely knocked it out of the park worst year of my life financially so it's like you've got like these dueling instances of how do you measure success what are you basing your life's achievements on and it's just like a really staggering kind of you know similarity between the positions that we're both in because you're literally doing exactly what i did a year and a half ago it's like write down what you're feeling and you'll in a year from now you know next november when we're doing our third podcast, you're gonna be like, holy shit, man, I reread that shit. And then I was like, wow. And I got inspired and I wrote five new fucking songs and bam, there you go. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I'm like, I'm really happy that we're, uh, we're talking right now because it's, it's really reassuring hearing from you that it's going to be all right. <laughs> and, Listen, um, man, at the end of yeah. the day, like, you wouldn't have been afforded the opportunities you've already had if you sucked at what you were doing, right? If you were a shitty musician, if you were a shitty producer, if you were a shitty anything, you wouldn't have the opportunities that you still have in front of you, right? Like I say that a lot, like from a professional perspective, I know I'm good at what I do, whether it's this podcast or whether it's photography, like I am supremely confident in my skills. And I, I've got a lot of single friends that were kind of in our same mid thirties age gap where, you know, we're all trying to figure out why we're single. And I would love to like point to like something like, Oh, if I was shitty in bed or like a, just an asshole or piece of shit person, like that would be the reason why I'm single. And I can't do that professionally. And I think if you look at yourself, internalize like your skills from a professional perspective, you would feel the same way. You'd be like, oh, there's nothing for me to be worried about. I don't need to be concerned because I'm going to crush it because I've already been crushing it. And obviously, whenever you've got a big, huge, gigantic life alteration like this, there is inherent nerves and there is inherent doubt. But like that's all, you know, that's imposter syndrome. That's confidence issues. Those are all things that you can overcome just by like being positive minded and, you know, strength of will. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I know, yeah, like I know it'll be okay. And I'm excited to be independent for a while. If I wanted to go hop into something that's safe and secure, maybe like another publishing, publishing deal somewhere else or anything that I wanted to do that, you know, would be almost like a safety net. I I could probably do that, but I don't want to, I just want to go to that place, you know, start fresh and yeah, just keep going and see what I can do on my own for me. And what is your biggest fear yeah. right now? I think it's the same as it's always been, just not realizing my potential. Uh, that That's that really good, doesn't. Though. Yeah, um, right now it's just I guess financially, how am I going to make it work? Um, I did pick up a full time job out there, and that's oh, one great. of the, like right, yeah, right when I was like exiting this, or like right when I got home from my first week starting this job to see if it was something I even wanted to do in California, and like if it was going to be something that's actually doable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to help me pay bills and pay down a lot of the debt that I've had just by traveling and doing all this music shit for mm-hmm. the last X month. Um, yeah, that's just, uh, that's like my only health insurance. <laughs> yeah. Also I got to stay healthy. I'm just fucking terrified of that, but yeah, just money right now. But you know, money's it's, it's there. Go get it. You know, hundred percent. We, we, we live in like the best time in the history of the world for people to be able to make money and it could be doing like any fucking thing right you can go to walmart buy a toy that's five dollars sell it on ebay for twenty dollars and just do that 10 times and you get an extra 150 bucks like there's just like all this like room for arbitrage on earth that you can make money doing random shit that will open you up to do what you want to do and i think that's great that you have a job it gives you a sense of security that you're not going to be fucking under a bridge in california (laughs) you know like looking for a place to live that's fucking great. 
And like I've often said, like, you know, my freedom from corporate America came via a severance package. It's not like I decided to quit my job. I got laid off. I got fired. Right. It's not like I was like, cool, in the middle of pandemic, I'm going to just peace out. Like, no, that would be a terrible life decision. But it's like you don't choose when you have these opportunities. There's 24 hours a day. I can work 10 hours a day for someone else making good money, living a sustainable life and still have you know, seven hours to make art, seven hours to make music, you know, if I'm a writer to write, right? Like there's plenty of hours in the day to make your dreams come true. Like it's, it's probably the most frustrating thing because I get asked the question all the time. How do you do for like, how'd you get into photography? Like, how'd you start your podcast? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I just didn't watch TV for a week. And instead I'm recording five hours of a podcast. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not that complicated. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I guess I'm dealing like, you know, it's really trivial, but just money a little bit because um, in the past I did, uh, I, I pretty much flopped on my face when I was there last time. Like not, t- not at all. I don't even say that. Just financially I did. But I wrote a lot of songs that were the best songs I've ever written. And I did it, you know, I, I grew up a lot there just that last time too. But this time I just want to be smarter. So of course, I'm going to worry a little bit about money. Who doesn't? Um, especially in a very expensive place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I'm also, yeah, I guess like when I say realizing my potential, I'm the, I guess my biggest worry there too in a city that's so big with so many people trying to do so many things. It's like, how are you, like, will people see your value and your skill? And, yes. you know, will, will you, will you be able to shine? And yes. will you have, you know, like, once you, God willing, you get that opportunity. Will you? Will you nail it? And I haven't, I haven't fucked up yet when I've gotten the opportunity. So, um, well, I was gonna say I'm, that's that's where like this subconscious mindset is crucial because like if you already believe inside yourself that that's gonna happen, you're gonna be successful. Like it sounds yeah. so stupid, and like fucking twenty five year old me would be laughing at like this positive bullshit that I've been speaking about a lot, but it is actually fundamentally true. Like I have for a very long time felt that I was going to be successful in photography, and I felt that I was going to be successful in my podcast, and both of those things have come to pass because I believed it. I mean, I worked my fucking ass off, but I also believed it. Like, uh, it's crazy. Like, literally, one of my favorite photographers on planet Earth followed me on Twitter the other day. And I was like, that's so fucking wild. Like, yeah. this person that I admire and I look up to just followed me on Twitter. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. That's an achievement. This person sees value in the things that I'm saying and the art that I'm making. Holy shit. That was a pinch me moment. But I've always felt that way. It wasn't always like showing out, right? Like I wasn't getting that positive reinforcement in physical, actual reality. But I knew if I worked hard and I believed in myself that good things could happen. And that has come true. Yeah, dude. So that's like up to, like honestly, it's up to you to like, you know, do you belong out there? Are you going to make the most of your opportunities? The answer is always yes. It's not like, will I? It's like, how will I? Like, what am I going to do to make sure that I am getting the opportunity and then crushing it when I get it? And that's just self-belief. It's crazy, but it's fucking true. And it works. And like, wouldn't you rather like be a hopeless, hopeful human being like that everything's going to work out and believe it to your core than like be like pessimistic and like, fuck. This is a waste of time. Why am I doing this? I should go get a nine to five as an accountant. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's, yeah, you're going to, you have to walk through life anyways, man. You might as well have a good fucking time while you're here yeah. and what you do. And instead of being a negative person, you're just having those negative yeah feelings. It's not going to get you anywhere for like far. It's just, just, if I truly believe in myself and I believe yeah. in all the friends and the people that I'm, I'm blessed and I, I work with. And if I didn't, I wouldn't do it. Like if I didn't believe in music and my abilities and you know, I, I just, I would quit. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be in this room right now. So I, I fully believe in myself and especially the, the level I can eventually get to there and i'm I'm excited to grow i know it's going to be hard work i know it's going to be a grind i know i'm going to work a nine to five and build i'm actually going to build it's going to be kind of 
it's funny because I'm building music studios for like, Oh, that's so really cool. Good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm building music studios. So it's still music related for like the, for like some of the top producers, writers, um, management companies in pop music in the world. Like some of these, these people are like people I look up to and have looked up to for decades. And I, I nerd out about and I geek out. So it's, you know, I'm, it's going to be a little hard because I'm just building their studio and like, they're just like watching me. Like, How's it going? You know, they're just looking at me like I'm some asshole with a fucking set of boots on and a hammer. Like, uh, it's good. You know, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard work is what I'm getting at. And there's going to be a, a lot of growing, pains. a lot of nights where you're like, fuck, like I just, you know, I got to get, I got to, but I, it's for me this time, it's important to make sure that I'm covering my overhead and I'm, you know, I'm just, being a fucking man and Dude, the amount of people that you're going to meet is going to be off the charts right like at the end of the day you're going to be doing like you're going to eventually want to build your own studio again when you get out there anyway right now you get to get yeah, paid like, to doing it for other people <laughs> yeah luckily like so the way i got this job too is with my old roommate um and he uh he just started working for this guy named jared and uh colin is my old roommate and yeah, he just started building studios for fun. Um, or not for fun, um, for Jared, rather. And he kind of, yeah, and that's how he got me the job with him, too. So, yeah, um, the cool thing about the job, that's what I'm trying to get out of here, is that Jared's, like, one of the best in the business. He's getting calls from the craziest people all the time. And um, he will knows. open doors. Yeah, you know, at least for me, it's going to take a lot of the financial stress off my back so that way I am free to create, and I don't feel like I owe anything to anybody. I earned it. You know, Absolutely. I'm showing up, I'm sweating my, I'm fucking working. And at the end of the day, it's still music. And I'm also, I'm learning a lot of shit, like about why you, why you do this the way you do it. You know, even more about Sonic's audio. We're all nerds to the core, all three of us who work at that company. So just even talking to each other, just, it's just good times. And then we're also working on cool shit and I'm learning how to build it. So yeah, like I'm going to build a desk as soon as I get there because we have a CNC machine. What I'm trying to get at is a lot of this made sense. Like, I feel like a lot of the things that happen in life, like you getting fired or me getting fired, um, whenever it's happened a couple of times, it, it's that kick in the ass. It's like, dude, you're ready. Just fucking do it. One Go. door closes, another door opens. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And these, like, and, and some of the stuff I feel like in life that's meant to be will fall into place and you're just like, holy shit, like, all these things are making sense right now for me to do this and everything's falling into place out there. So it's going to be hard work, but as long as you're down to work hard, which you are, you know, as long as you got that in you, you're going to be okay. And it's also going to help you. It's like, you don't grow by sitting in the same spot and doing nothing. You grow by doing shit. That's hard. Mm -hmm. A lot of times that's what it takes. Seeing what you're made of and where you can improve. So. so when when do you actually make the move? Like when do you head out there? Um, I'm probably gonna start the drive from here, like January second or third. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm staying in town because uh, it's gonna be like my one last hurrah on uh, January, or, or rather New Year's Day, because Motion City soundtrack is playing at the rave, and my buddy bought us tickets, and it's they're playing my favorite album front to back, so it's gonna be dope. That um, cool. Yeah. And, um, so I had, I have to stay in town for that, obviously. And then right after that I'm leaving. So I'll probably get there around like July or rather January 6th or 7th. Um, I actually have to text my buddy cause I was texting him last night about when I think I'll get there. And usually if I'm, if I'm like really gunning it, I can get there in two days, not even like 34, 30 hours. But if, if I'm taking my time and I'm alone, I'm probably going to break it up into like three or four. And maybe I might shoot content on the way because um, there's some really awesome shit in the desert out there. And obviously driving through the Rockies too is, is pretty dope, but I really want to, yeah, I'm probably going to take my time. Um, at least, and that's like, like four days, nice. which I say take my time. It's still like 2000 mile drive. Um, but yeah, I've done it. You know, I, I did 6,600 miles in, uh, 2020. So very, very familiar <laughs> with the yeah, stretch dude. of those roads. Um, two, two things I, I want to get into. So you mentioned your girl who lives in Dallas. Um, how is this move going to like impact your relationship? Like geographically, obviously it's further. And then I'm also curious, like how things are going with your sobriety. Yeah, dude. Um, as far as, uh, the girl stuff go, like as far as like everything goes with her, we're, we're figuring it out and we're taking it slow because we're both 
going through very, very similar things in our lives. And, uh, you know, I guess it all kind of ties into the same thing. So, but there's, um, since we're both still figuring that out, um, we're, I'm going to see her in a week when she's home for Christmas and then we'll talk about it more mm-hmm. and we're going to try to figure it out. And we started getting into it the other day, but basically, you know, we both said to each other that we want to work and want to try to make it work and do our, I mean, like I told her, I'm going to do my absolute best to make this work as I want this. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. And again, this is so fresh with her just talking again. Um, it's a whole other podcast for sure. <laughs> uh, love and relationships and stuff, but in short, yeah, like it's, it's going well. I had a great Thanksgiving with her and helped her, you know, just made sure she was good. Cause I didn't want her being alone on Thanksgiving. Who wants to be, yeah, you know, so when I heard that, I was like, I'm coming right now. And, uh, but yeah, dude, since talking, you know, since the beginning until now, like when we started talking again, it's been really good. And I'm really happy, um, that the divine orchestration, mm-hmm. the universe, you know, um, but for real, like, I'm, I'm thankful. And, um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll have more updates for you on that. Cool. As the situation develops. Nice. Um, but yeah, we're just taking it easier right now, man. Like we're not, we're, since we're both kind of in this place, we're not trying to put a lot of pressure on each other. At least I'm not into her. Yeah. I, wanna, I don't want to say the last thing I want to do is pressure somebody who's still figuring out a lot of stuff too, you know, and yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too, man. Like, so distance, yeah, it's tough, but there's definitely ways to make it work. You know, if, if both people are a hundred percent in, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. It's, not gonna, it's just communication. That's the thing in any relationship ever that can make or break it. And as long as you're transparent and clearly communicating all the time, um, then you'll be fine. You can get through it because there's solutions to problems. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just figure that out. What's the problem? Why are you feeling this way? Okay, let's get through it. Or like, hey, you're a thousand miles away. All right, well, it's going to take me 13 hours. I'll start now yeah. driving. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so that's my um, that's my answer to like what's going on with her. And yeah, I'm just happy it's happening. Um, or what everything that's happened now, it's great. So up until now. But as far as sobriety goes, yeah, man. Um, I guess I can like start at the beginning of the year versus I kind of talked about it like a, a while ago when it come like when it was about value and uh, figuring all that out. So when when was our what month was that that we started our pod? Probably February, March, February, somewhere around then. All right, cool. I was just curious if I was sober or not. Um, I don't think it came probably, up. I don't think so. No, no, because I would have. I probably would have mentioned it or something, you know, and just got into it. But I wasn't sober until um, fucking Easter. Okay, is literally Easter Day. Um, so I haven't like told, or a lot of people didn't even like see me when I was probably at my, again in my darkest place, you know. And I tried not to bring. I, still like now like i don't try to bring people down when i'm having when i'm going through things i just try to i try to channel that in to something positive and that nine times out of ten that's just me making music and trying to sing about things the things i can't say Mm -hmm. um i I sing it better than i can just talk about it and say it so i try to put that stuff and those feelings into songs but anyways yeah um so for a long time man um I had been just running real hard and overdoing it and drinking too much. And it got, when I, I had, when I moved to LA initially in 2019, I moved because I was in that place, in that real, real dark place. Like mm-hmm. I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize myself. Wow. And I, when I realized my, I was like, Hey, Steve, like, this is not you. Like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, you're happy. You're positive, And this guy's not like, what's going on, dude? And I needed a change, dude. I needed to get out. So I did. And initially it was good. But um, I kind of felt myself going back to that at the beginning of this year. And I realized that. And I was just, again, just through a lot of, yeah, I was just relying on alcohol and and it was, it was dumb. 
and it was stupid. And I, I, I didn't want to be that way anymore. But again, it was pretty much just so habitual mm-hmm. that I, it was. It was just that way. And I didn't know if I was ever going to change, even though, like, I, I know I needed to. Like, I just, I needed to do it. And one night, uh, my buddy Nick from Chicago called me and said, hey, dude, just want to let you know, like, we're concerned about you and we love you. And not like it's bad, but you can really toss them back, dude. And that's like the night that I decided, you know, all right, well, it's time to change, bro. Like people, people actually care. Like it just means a lot that your friends are there and like they fucking are worried about you. Like somebody cares, you know, mm-hmm. like if you mm-hmm. keep doing this, it's going to be bad. Like anyway, so yeah, that was the night that was Easter Sunday morning slash Saturday night that he called me. And then, yeah, I left this room that night and I was in tears and I went home and I just felt like a total piece of shit, but and I knew it was going to be incredibly hard to quit and not drink anymore. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I explained to my family like, Hey, I'm not going to be at Easter. Um, just letting you know, uh, tomorrow because and I, I was talking to them at like five in the morning when they were getting up and trying to go to church. And I was like, I, I can't go because I'm going to be sweating profusely and, uh, shaking. And, um, I didn't tell them that juicy detail, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. but I was like, yeah, I, I gotta, I didn't, you know, really go too much into detail again, because it was something that I wanted to do on my own mm-hmm. and find that strength, um, inside of me and that control. And it's something I knew I could do. I was just being a little bitch for a long time and putting it off and putting it off and only taking weeks or two at the most off ever since I was 20. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, man, I just needed to change because I had gotten to a level where I could pretty much drink an entire bottle of tequila each night and be fine the next day and function at a high level. And um, I got sick. I just got sick of it. It did. Honestly, alcohol didn't do it for me anymore. Like it didn't help me with anything. It would like in the feelings that, you know, it was nice. It was, it was a crush I used for creativity for a long time. Even it was, it was like, it was a tool that I used for creativity, not a crutch all the time, but for things like depression or being sad about past relationships and stuff like that, or a long day at work that sucked or whatever. Like I would always just drink. I would constantly just drink. And I I wanted, yeah. So I wanted that strength, man. And I knew I had it inside me. I knew it was going to be a shitty fucking journey in the beginning especially and a, a real big hurdle for me mm-hmm. but i wanted to do it alone i didn't want to bother anybody else with especially my family um with my own struggles because we all have enough shit going on and this is something i can handle so yeah um sunday easter sunday this year is when i uh decided to stop and since then um yeah the first two months were real hard i mean the first week is awful it's mm-hmm. awful like you're mad like you're fucking dude it's bad um <laughs> oh, it's like it's hard it is 100 percent, and that's what i was going through and um and then after after you get through the first week and you're not like physically fucked up anymore then you have to get through the mental hurdle like and that's like each time you do something for the first time that you usually did drinking again so it's like doing yep learning how to write music and get in the zone in the flow state when you're not fucked up learning how to go to a bar and say no and learning how to say no you know and still have a good time and still be a good dude you know and still be a joy Mm -hmm. like how like how are you going to be fun without this you know like were you relying on are you still going to be a good songwriter without it because every time i wrote something that i felt was good was when i was fucked up interesting so yeah, that's like one of the biggest fears, and I've heard other people talk about it too. Um, some of my favorite songwriters, like they were really fucking terrified, and I was like, I was like, dude, what if like I just absolutely suck and I can't think of anything anymore ever? Like, what if it's done and I, and if I don't drink, like I'll, I just, I just, I'm gonna fucking suck forever. I'm not gonna be like good, and of course that's not the case. Um, well, what do they say? What, a drunk man's words or a sober man's thoughts, right? Yeah. Yep. There you go. So, yeah and like honestly dude there's a for for like year for about two years you know or at least one solid year before i quit i wanted to quit i just didn't have the strength and then like what really gave me the strength to do it and gave me the motivation and the reason was my friends cared and they said We're, we, we love you and we just you know it wasn't like a fucking um what do they call those uh 
basically it's like it's not um it's not an exorcism but it's uh <laughs> it's like it's a fucking what do they call it i don't know intervention yeah there you go okay yeah, it's like an exorcism but no. <laughs> yes. um, we're removing the demon of tequila from your body yeah they, they were the far like my buddy nick was the farthest thing from that um he was like dude like i know you're good because i saw you last night and you're fine but you know just i'm gonna let you know like we're just concerned and we, we love you dude and like we just notice that you can really toss him back and just want to make sure you're okay and you know we're here to support you with everything and yeah that's what that's isn't what that changed nice? isn't that super nice uh, like i think it's such a beautiful thing because like substance abuse and sobriety is such like a huge problem and challenge in our society nowadays because so much of you know drug culture and, and alcoholism is like glorified by media and social media and you know movies tv etc and i think it's super important you know obviously i'm very proud of like what you've accomplished this year with your sobriety um but you said something that's like super interesting and something that i wanted to touch upon like you said you didn't want to be a bother to like your friends or your family about like something that you're dealing with and I, I've struggled with that before in my past where like, I'd be afraid to talk to my friends and family about things that were like bothering me. And, you know, going through therapy the last couple of years, I've learned that that like that quote unquote bother mentality is just when you don't think that you feel comfortable like being open with people about your shit. Like, cause we all have shit. And I think the, like, like, it's so amazing that you're like, yeah, I was worried to talk to my friends about this, but they are, like, my biggest support system now. And it's, like, the most common thing in history. Like, people are your friends not because of, like, whether you drink or not. They're your friends because they love you, right? And, like, similarly with your family, like, my family is not my family because I'm funny or, you know, I'm their brother, sister, whatever. It's because they love me, right? It's like, you don't, have to it's just like one of those things that like breaks my heart a little bit like when people don't feel like they have the capacity to talk to the people closest to them about you know trouble about things that are hurting them and things that they're worried about because if you can't go to your friends and family with that stuff who can you go to yeah yeah i agree and you know i say like i didn't want i did i wanted to do it on my own and i really wasn't talking to my, my mom my dad um everybody like i was open enough you know, when I, when I needed to, like I said things and mm-hmm. my friends too, you know, every time, especially when we're writing songs, it's like a mini therapy session, therapy session. And I did go to therapy. A couple sort, of years sort ago. Of these podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Anytime like talking to, talking to me and you, anytime like you feel lifted or you get something off your chest after a conversation or you, you say something you need to, I did it. And, you know, I did have like, without my, like without my friends and that support system, especially my parents too and my, my family, my sister, like I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have been able to do it um, alone. And yeah. So without, without people to talk to and people caring about me, I'd be on the same path and I'd be headed for an early grave probably. Yeah. I mean, for sure. It's certainly not happy. No, no. And um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many things that, you miss out on when you're hungover. I mean, just, I don't say miss out, but there's just a lot of things that I didn't realize that, um, would, would be so much more clear. And, you know, it's just, there's so many positives that outweigh the, the, the fun of drinking for me or what drinking was for me, you know? So once I started seeing those and I felt, you know, things changing for me for the better. I just didn't want to go back. And, you know, initially it was going to be a short break in my head. And then, but honestly, I, I really wanted to quit, quit for a long time. And, who know, you know, like I'm sure that at some point after some more therapy too, and like, I definitely believe in talking to my friends and family, but I just didn't want to burden them with things that I felt like I could handle. If I couldn't handle them, I, I would, I'm always ask for help. I'm mm-hmm. always looking for people for guidance. So again, I appreciate your advice for real today because it's giving me, you know, just, it, it's filling me up with good shit, man. Dude, like, man, I need it. I need it. It's like, but, um, you know, I'm, you, you mentioned therapy and, like, how, like, you know, cathartic it is. That's what, like, the a lot of these conversations on this podcast, like, I'm totally honest about the selfish need of me to do them. And it's because I think I'm starting to understand just how common and how alike we are as people. 
Like, it doesn't matter if you're from New York or New Jersey or Milwaukee or California or Miami. We all have the same shit, right? We all want to be loved. We all want to be happy. We all want to feel like our life is important. And you don't get that on a daily basis all the time. If you, you know, some people do and they're lucky. And, you know, when you live in this world that's like so social media centric and so highlight real focused, it's easy to feel like you're lost in the shuffle and you're losing out on something when you're not, right? So like I think that the benefit I get from these conversations and like you and I talk all the time, like we text all the time and we catch up every now and then it's like the same because it's life affirming. Like you are a similar creative person as me in an industry that you're trying to make it in and I'm doing the same thing. And we can talk about our struggles and our successes and like gas each other up and be like, yo, next time we talk in a month or whenever that's going to be, this is where I'm going to be. And it's like, that's the kind of, that's what friends are for. That's like the point of life. Totally. Yeah, I just appreciate the wisdom um, from you and um, anybody who I've ever looked to who has experience like, and then they come out on the other side, or a year later, or whenever, and they just say, hey, dude, like, it was tough, but I got through it. And here's how I got through it. And now I'm better than ever. And I'm not, you know, like I was worried in the beginning, just like you. But um, it's gonna be okay. And you're gonna be just fine. You're gonna be better. Actually, you're gonna, you know, it's gonna be hard work, but you're not it's not like you're not used to that, dude. So just, yeah. You know, I, I think also, too, with any of the stuff that you're apprehensive about, it's like I know it's like when you're on a pier and you're looking at a jumping off a pier into a cold lake or something. And you're like, oh, my God, that water is going to be fucking freezing. But I know I'll get used to it if I just dive right in. Mm-hmm. And within a couple seconds, yeah, it's shocking. At first, it's like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, a minute later, not even, you're like swimming around and having a great fucking time and it feels great. So... Like you have to dive right in and you have to like face your fears. Like, what are you going to do? Not jump off the pier and just walk back. You know, it's like, no fucking jump pussy. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's true because it's like so many people live their life, not taking the chance. And like you get to your retirement at 65 and you're like, Oh, I wish I would have done anything else. And it's not to say that like at 65, it's too late. Like, you know, I I laugh at like these 30 under 30 lists that always come out this time of year. I'm so uninterested in someone who's 30 under 30, like fuck off. I want to talk about a person who's like 55 years old. They quit their job to be like a fucking magician or, you know, a teacher who decided to be a writer and wrote a bestseller. Like there's so much about life that doesn't happen when it's supposed to, right? Like every success story is not, oh, I was 18 and stumbled into XYZ, right? Like things happen when they're supposed to. And like, if you don't take the chance today, whether you're 15, 50, like, when are you going to do it? Like, there's no time like the present, like there's no guarantees for tomorrow. And I think I couldn't possibly agree with you more. It's like, you know, just let's fucking go. Let's do this. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, again, when I say not realizing my potential is the biggest fear, I, what I really mean is, yeah, not taking the chance, dude, not trying, not leaving everything on the table. And when you're on your, like, last fucking deathbed, you know, you're just sitting there. I don't want to be wondering what if. I want to be like, I did all of it. Totally. I did that shit. I like, completely when agree. My, my thing yeah. is, it's going to be funny, you know, like, I've, I've taken a big risk in my life and it's starting to pay dividends. You're about to take a big risk. It's going to be paying dividends. And I'm very excited for a year from now from when we do, you know, part three of this series to see what has transpired. Like, where is Stephen Keith one year from today? And it's going to be exciting. I can't wait to, you know, see your fucking produced by fucking ariana grande or whoever the fuck ever you know what i mean like i can't wait for that because that shit's all gonna happen because i have faith that you have the capacity to do whatever it is that you want and i think you also believe that and then because of that it's gonna happen thanks man yeah i mean i'm not done like i you're just getting started yeah and everybody kind of like you know i don't know now I'm, i'm thinking about like how you're perceived you know it's just well, what are they going to do? It's like when you look at anybody, it's like, oh, Steve to this, Steve to this. You know, if I'm comparing, it just, I'm not done yet, dude. Like, just wait. Like, I'm better than ever. Just. I mean, dude, there's like every example of every artist in the history of music who had that one album or one song and then like 
two floundering albums and then two bangers it's like you're only as good as like what you've done recently and you have so much more in you to come and i'm super super excited to see it and i'm very appreciative of your time again this was a fantastic episode as always and my man i'm very excited for what's to come i feel like 2022 is going to be your year you're going to crush it and i'm like super pumped for all the good shit that you got coming your way Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to I'm gonna use everything I learned this year and a lot of these hard lessons and apply those to next year. And, you know, the, again, the biggest thing this year is what are, you, what are you worth, Steve? You know what you're worth and carry that forward and, you know, move with that confidence because you are you are worth it. You're worth more than ever. And you've done a lot of that. And I uh, dude, like, again, I really appreciate everything, all the wisdom you shared today. And just it's encouraging to hear. Um. And it's, yeah, it's reassuring to hear that you can, you know, you're doing so well. And like, it's been fun to see and it's been fun to watch you keep going, man. And just fucking go, go, go. And it's, it, it feels good to know that it just, it, yeah, it's good to know that you're doing good. And like, there's, yeah, it's, it's going to be fine. And you hear the ring. I'm not, I'm, I know I'm going to go do that <laughs> shit, man. No, I'm, I'm going to go do the thing. Cause what else am I going to do? Quit? No, no. like. You got this. I'm going to keep going, but yeah, it's just, I really appreciate the wisdom. And, um, of course, man, that's what friends are for. Yeah. I'm just talking. It's been good, man. It's been good. Be well, my friend. I love you. I got all the faith in you and take care. Sounds good, man. We'll talk soon. Peace.